Hi, my name's Alistair Caithness, and you're listening to Boom, It's On Blockchain, where we discuss the energy industry, blockchain, cryptocurrency, tokenization, and anything else that's relevant to talk about in today's changing world. Enjoy. Hello, and welcome to Granite PR's 8th annual Aberdeen Houston Gateway and to our brand new all digital format, which will further foster links between these global energy hubs. We are delighted that technology has enabled the exciting new development in the events evolution, and we look forward to helping you to forge and grow business connections during this turbulent and challenging time. It's Tina Constant here. And I'm very pleased to welcome Alistair Caithness, CEO of Zion Energy and Chief Blockchain Policy Advisor for the Libertarian Party. <laughs> Alistair, how are you today? Yeah, I'm doing very well, actually, Tina. It's, uh, it's a beautiful sunny day in California today. So even if I'm, even if I'm locked in, it's still nice to be here. Oh, that's just glorious. And I'll give you the other side of the coin. It's a cloudy, cloudy day in Aberdeen. So we've got a balance between the... <laughs> The two exactly. cities we're doing all right. Now, Alistair, you have got an incredible story and you've got some remarkable things that you're doing. So I think the best way to start off our conversation is to say in simple terms, explain what it is you're doing. Explain this project. So in terms of Zion, our company started four years ago, so 2016. You know, initially we were providing information on oil contracts out in the Middle East. Uh, it was like a sort of tender alert uh, service. It was actually focused on the Iraq market. But what happened was when oil price crashed, it wiped out our customer base. So we had to pivot the company at that point. So because the oil price had crashed, uh, it was a friend of mine who was high up in Shell. He came and joined me in the company. You know, he still works with me. And I was Shane Fraser's his name. And uh, he was involved in running rigs out in the North Sea. He was uh, one of Shell's key guys out in Syria. So he'd done a lot of land drilling. And I was getting all these uh, multi-million dollar uh, contracts across my desk. I said, you know, can we actually switch from rather than being an information company to going after one of these contracts? So initially, we started looking at contracts out in the Middle East. We were actually close to getting a contract, believe it or not, in uh, it was on the border of Tunisia and Libya, on the Tunisian side in the waters, uh, working for a Kuwaiti Sheikh. But the problem was, like a lot of things in the Middle East is, it's not winning the contracts, it's actually getting paid. So we sort of pulled out a lot last minute, and we ended up uh, acquiring uh, producing asset out in the Illinois Basin in, in, in Indiana. So the Illinois Basin actually covers uh, Indiana, Illinois, and Kentucky. It's one of the oldest oil basins in America. It produces around about 35,000 barrels a day for the entire basin, which if you put that in perspective, if you're looking at some of the big rigs in the North Sea that were doing over 100,000 barrels a day in their heyday, like the Eider and the Turn, you know, it's still quite small. But really it was this project that allowed us to get in. So if the oil price hadn't collapsed, 
and it, you know, I always seem to be talking about the oil price collapsing because it seems to be veering my business in a certain direction. Well, you're going to be accurate, price, so yeah. <laughs> exactly. So it's like you know, it's it, it it helps define things. When something goes wrong, you pivot the business, and there's opportunities from that. So that's really how we've developed, and we're a startup. So anyway, we acquired this first asset out there. The oil price had collapsed. It meant loads of guys went out of business. If we were able to go in there, you know, three years earlier when the oil price was over a hundred dollars a barrel, you know, to tell you the truth, there was no way we could have gotten to any opportunities out there. So what happened was the oil price actually collapsed. It allowed us to get our first contract in the basin, and then over the next sort of eighteen months, we acquired a further eighteen assets in the Illinois basin. But as we were going through the process of acquiring the assets. And we put one into production. We got、uh, qualified to be an operator in the state of Indiana, so I had to go through the process of all that. So, you know, I've built up quite a, you know, I wouldn't say unique knowledge, but you know, it's quite unique in a lot of ways because a lot of people don't know how to set up being an operator, especially coming from sort of、uh, software tech background.、Um, I think it is pretty、so、unique what, knowledge. That's something you're probably going to need to share. <laughs> yeah, I, I think for people from the so, so from people from the UK. In the vault and oil business, you know, there's just it's very difficult to set up an operator because the cost to to set up an operator to go into the subsea business is massive. Where the the cost to set up to be an operator into land drilling out in the U.S., you know, it, it's very cheap. So, you know, ultimately, it's well, not very cheap. It's cheaper than doing this. So what we did is we set the company up and we started to get investors into the company. And as people invest、uh, more money into the company, and we've probably got around about four hundred. Investors in the company now. We acquired more and more assets. As we started to go through this process, we started looking at ways to actually produce oil cheaper. So we started looking at renewable energy, and this is another key part of our business. You know, I, I'm say I'm quite agnostic towards energy, but I've got a big focus on、uh, renewable energy because I know it's the energy source of the future.、Mm-hmm. I just feel there's a transition that's happening now that might take the next, you know, twenty to thirty years, and I believe, you know. Our company's on the cusp of one of these companies that's driving transition in energy. So we were looking at ways to produce oil cheaper, and one of the ways we we're looking at was to、uh, power the pump jack or the nodding donkeys that you see that going up and down in the fields with renewable energy. So what we were looking to do is to、uh, fit on a small wind turbine or solar panels, and we would generate the electricity to power the pump jack. Because right now. But 98% of all、um, pump jacks on land drilling in America are powered by the grid. So our plan was to actually generate the electricity ourselves, power that, and that's really where we were going with the company. And then because of this technology we're looking to develop, I got invited to Bell Services、um, conferences out in Houston. And you know, it's a big event. You know, you've Exxon Mobil, Shell, BP, and it was really the first time I got my sort of. Taste to be on stage with the major operators, start to meet senior personnel in the, these companies, and when, and I was there as the novelty presentation. That's what I was told. You're the novelty presentation. <laughs> something that you know. <laughs> yeah, you're doing something we just can't even imagine. So talk. <laughs> yeah, so I was just basically. So I was just I was talking about this, and there was an old guy from Exxon Mobil. He was, he was pretty a nice guy. I'm still friends with him. He, he shouts out from the audience. You know, there's like two hundred people in the room. He shouts out. Can you make one of these?、Um, we call them the Zion Advantage. Can you make me a Zion Advantage in East Africa, Sonny? Because that's obviously from half of age, Sonny. Because、um, I need a huge one because they've got no power there. 
Uh-huh. And anyway, I went and started speaking to him afterwards, and I was talking about what we were doing. And then he goes, "I think you should start maybe." And he introduced me to some of the other people in the company who were involved in the blockchain uh-huh. as well. So it was really that's when I started to learn about the blockchain itself and this new technology that's coming through, and how the oil and gas industry are moving into the blockchain. So the reason I started telling the story from the beginning to now is. It actually pivots happen along the way. Now, if our company never got involved in the blockchain, this technology we're going on because of the oil price crash that's happened uh, last week, where it went to you know negative thirty dollars a barrel because there was no place for the oil to go in domestic America. WTI, you know, you would have gone out of business. Would, there's you know there's hundreds of companies filed Chapter Eleven in the oil industry right now in America. So, so in a lot of ways, the pivot happened, but it's fortuitous looking back because of it didn't happen I'd have been one of the guys that'd been out of business right now yeah. but because of what's happened um I feel that what we're doing in the blockchain so so back to the next stage of what's actually happening we started to look at the blockchain so for people out there they've maybe heard of the blockchain but don't really understand what's about so mm-hmm. really to me it's the next evolution of the internet So the internet came along 30 years ago. Originally, it was the U.S. Army. It might be longer than that, but we all started using it through email. Now, if you ask people what they use the internet for nowadays, there's a million different use cases, mm-hmm. and um, the internet is just the first—not the internet. Email was the very first one. So if you think about the blockchain, the blockchain's come along, and it's the technology behind Bitcoin. So Bitcoin is—forget about the price going up and down. It was the ability to transact money from A to B anywhere in the world instantaneously, out with government charges, and um, out with any transactional fees. And it, that technology is running on the blockchain. So that happened in 2012. Now, you know, it's eight years later, and I feel it's taken this amount of time for us to start to understand the other use cases of this technology, which is the blockchain itself. Yeah. And so, what are we doing with oil and gas in the blockchain? Well, we we develop Zincoin. Now, what Zincoin? For the, the you know, for the simple answer is, I believe we've developed the technology whereby, rather than being Bitcoin backed against nothing, Zincoin is essentially backed against the assets of energy-producing assets. So we're talking about oil and gas, renewable, coal, nuclear. What we're able to do is we're able to tokenize. We're not tokenizing oil. When I say people, we're tokenizing oil. We're tokenizing the financial structure. So what we're doing is we're tokenizing the financial structure uh, of an oil-producing asset on the blockchain, and we're changing the ownership of this. So right now, the way people own oil-producing assets in the Midwest. Is essentially, you know, you'll invest money into an oil-producing asset. It might be fifty thousand dollars, and that will give you three percent of the project. What will actually happen is that, um, you know, as it starts to produce oil every single quarter, depends on what your percentage of the the uh, asset is, you'll get given uh, distributions. You know, the structure normally is the the operator owns fifty percent, the landowner owns fifteen percent. And then the other 35% is owned by small, non—they call them non-operated working interest holders.、Yeah. So what we're doing now is we realise that as part of the problem is like you know this ownership of this asset, you can't actually sell it. 
you know, the only way you sell it is if you can find someone in the world who wants to buy your 2% of this project or alternatively, what will happen is that this percentage is, uh, you know, you have to wait till the operator sells it and you, you have to sell it as the operator sells it. What we're doing is we're tokenizing the asset on the blockchain and changing this one, two, three percent ownership into tokens. And then what we're doing is we're developing an energy trading platform which will allow you to trade these tokens. Thank you for listening to the first part of Boom It's on the Blockchain interview with Tina Constant. I will send you a link to the full interview in the show notes below. Thank you very much and have a nice day.